HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. This is Mike Edison, host of Art Senses of Seizure, as you're listening to the Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, please visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Hey, this is Darren Bresnitz, one half of Snacky Tunes, coming to you live from Los Angeles. We're here with Rachel Ryan, founder of the Los Angeles Donut Festivals. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, so the LA food scene is growing, yes. super big, things yes. like that. Uh, and with the rise of the food scene, you see a lot of festivals and things like that. Yes. Um, what have you noticed as a trend in festivals out here and why you thought a donut festival? So one of the big movements that's happening in Los Angeles, and I come from Northern California, so I've seen it a bit in San Francisco as well, is the one concept food scene. So you have food, a whole festival that celebrates you know, whether it be for us like donuts or it's like a lobster festival or a garlic festival, and it's not like a multifaceted food approach. It's just celebrating one trendy food. And a lot of times it's it's food that used to be considered like comfort food and is now elevated, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like your mac and cheese, you know, and your sliders, stuff like that that you're kind of seeing become a little bit more trendy and fancy. And then these food festivals are showing up around them because so many trendy shops or restaurants are picking up those food concepts that you can actually have a festival where you have a ton of vendors that specialize in one type of food. So, um, so we've seen that trend happening for years here and no one has done a donut festival. And I thought, Hey, we could take that same concept and apply it to donuts. I mean, the donuts gotten very popular. It has. Well, it's always been popular. I mean, that's the thing. I guess so. (laughs) From, from its birth, always, always on the cool kid at the lunch table. You know, donuts are one of those things that, um, they've been really trendy since the 1950s. Like it's just been people's you know, whether it's breakfast or dessert, it's always been a staple on people's table. And so they've always been around and they're the only dessert that hasn't had like a really a wax in a way. And there's always been a very constant fan base for donuts. You know, <laughs> There's no down economy in the donut there's economy. No, there's no down right? economy. So you always have your like baby boomer, baby boomer generation that loves your traditional mom and pop places and now you're seeing a new wave of young millennials that love the trendy donuts. Of course. So there's kind of like two camps of donut followers, um, but they all love donuts. Now, some, I mean, I've seen some of the wackier, like the voodoo donuts yes. and things like that. Yeah, and uh, one, yeah. is is there a, can donuts go too far? I guess is what <laughs> I'm trying to ask in a, in a nice political way. Um, it kind of depends upon what you think is too far. Like one of our shops, um, and I won't say who because it's a surprise at the event, mm. they are doing a sausage donut. And so some of these donuts are really pushing the envelope between savory and sweet. You know, they're becoming almost like a like a chicken and waffles type concept right. for them. And a lot of people don't like that. They like the traditional like long john twist, chocolate glaze, stuff like that. Yeah. So it just depends upon if you're a traditionalist or if you're really into the food scene and you like seeing, you know, high end, ex- you know, like people experimenting with donuts and kind of taking them wherever they can go. What about you? Where, where do you land? I like them. The, I like them the crazier, the better. Really? Yes, I do. Okay. Craziest donut. Um, I would say one of the ones that I have really liked is the curried sugar at ICDC. Okay. That is, it's totally unusual. You wouldn't imagine curry being in something really sweet, but in Indian food, it does translate somewhat with coconut milk, but, um, you know, but you don't really think of it as a sugary, you know, sweet dessert type item and it works for them. And I really like that. I like uh, fluffernutters a lot. Mm. I love it when people put fresh fruits. So they'll do like bananas yeah. and cream in it. It's, I really dig that. And there's, there are so many amazing donuts here in LA. You could, you could try 
different crazy ones pretty much every day. Now, when you talk <laughs> about the, the curry donut, is it one of those things where every culture has their own version of a donut? Um, yes. You know, I shouldn't say every culture, but a lot do. So, like, um, in a lot of, you know, Hispanic culture, the churro is a mm-hmm. donut, is their donut. We actually have one churro shop coming out. Cause awesome. They were the first ones to reach out to us, churro sticks. And they said, you know, churros are donuts, too. They're just Spanish donuts. And I was like, you know, you're right. They are a donut. They're deep fried dough. Right. Um, we're all the same deep fried yeah. dough on the inside, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so they have it, um, you know, in Southern culture, you have the beignet. So all throughout, you know, New Orleans and into the South, you have the beignet, which is a donut, too. Um, you see, I, there's lots of cultures that adopt it because deep frying stuff is always popular. I don't think that that also <laughs> never sees a down economy. Yeah. The the idea of, of deep frying. Yeah. Um, do you remember your first donut? Was I it, do. Uh, you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's... I actually wrote a blog about it on the website. Really? Yes. Uh, pa- paint us a picture. <laughs> okay. So when I was in, I I was probably like seven or eight years old. I mean, maybe my parents had given me a taste before this, but it was like my first real experience with falling in love with donuts Mm -hmm. and I went to a year-round school where you were on school for like two months and you had a month off two months month off so like my summer was a one-month period and my mom had hired this babysitter to watch me for the month and she was constantly trying to find things for me to do and one day she took me to the donut shop and I scrounged throughout the like couch and wherever I could find it you know find my 75 cents of change and I went to this donut shop and it was, there was no name to the donut shop. It was just donuts. Like it was an old school donut shop. And I got my very first chocolate covered bar. It wasn't a filled one. It was just a traditional bar with the chocolate sauce on it. And it rocked my world. I loved it so much that I scrounged up, scrounged up change every single day for 30 days and we went to that donut shop that's a lot of couches (laughs) you're going through yes i was like begging my mom for money and finally she was like what is this for and and cut me off and then uh, at the end of the summer i had my first krispy kreme oh type donut it was it was krispy kreme is a lot of people don't know this but the glaze on it is condensed milk really yeah and so there's some shops that do that and i had that for the first time and it was the most amazing like melt in your mouth goodness thing that i've ever had now is (laughs) donuts go to dessert always for you they do i don't do them for breakfast really yeah most people do but i you know whenever i get a donut it's always you know after dinner or it's like after the bars or something like that you know it's more of a late night thing for me which here in LA is nice because almost all the shops are open 24 hours and have as big of a following at night as they do in the morning so uh LA donut shops I mean Mm -hmm. you cannot drive around LA without seeing a donut shop (laughs) um so to weed through it as a donut expert what would you say are some of your favorites um a really really solid donut shop is kettle glazed donuts they, um, they're they really famous on the donut scene here. A lot of people know them. But they have this one. It's like a muffin donut that they actually bake. And it tastes like a like a cinnamon roll slash donut. Mm. And it has it's all caramelized on the outside. It is unreal. That's probably one of my favorites in L.A. Um, let me think. I have to say, oh, yeah, in California Donuts. California Donuts has a blueberry cinnamon toast crunch that is to die for. I love theirs. They're really big on the cereal donuts. So they were one of the first shops in L.A. that started taking, like, unique glazes on just a traditional um, glazed donut, making them flavored, and then just dunking it into cereal. So they'll have, like, Lucky Charms, Captain Crunch, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, all your favorites on there, which is 
really it's more of like a playful donut which i like you know um and then you have your serious ones from like donut friend which are um a serious donut it is a serious donut. it's like a very i don't know what the word is it's like a bougie donut or something (laughs) no it's fine i mean they're definitely whimsical donuts and definitely serious donuts and traditional donuts and things like that yeah you know donut friend you'll find a like rosemary lavender donut oh, okay. something like that right you know? a little a little more off scale yeah exactly. um now these donuts that are sitting in this box right here <laughs> where are these from these are from stan's stan's is more of a traditional place mm. um stan's donuts actually has probably one of the largest followings in los angeles two reasons one they make a good donut they make a good traditional donuts for people who like just your classics they're where to go Um, But they've also been around for 50 years. So Stan is this ridiculously cute old man who still works there every single day. Yes, Stan, legendary. Yes. Legendary. And he'll come out and talk to you. Like, he's just very approachable and friendly. If you get there before noon, you can talk to him. Um, And he puts, I hate, it sounds cheesy, but he really puts love into every single donut and cares about his product. I mean, they they do go straight to your heart. Yeah, and that's why he's, he stood the test of time, you know, and has such a big following. So here we have a peanut butter chocolate, their traditional glaze, and then their blueberry buttermilk. Um, And someone already ate the orange. Fair enough. That's fair enough. (laughs) That's not there. All right, well, we're going to take a musical break. Okay. Dig into these donuts, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the festival. Okay. Sounds good. Tuning in, Rachel, LA Donut Festival here on Snacky Tunes.
right, welcome back. We're here with Rachel from the LA Donut Festival. I have already demolished the peanut butter <laughs> chocolate one. Shout out to Stan. Um, so, you know, I used to like donuts, and then I met my fiance Anna, and she really made me fall in love with donuts. Mm, yeah. And I think, you know, you're really seeing a trend of people who love donuts, and yeah. that is sort of... Uh, confirmed by the, I think, 7,000 people we who have, are coming? We have 700 that are coming because that's all that the festival... Never mind. 7,000. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot of donuts, but 700. What it is is we have 700 because that's all the venue will hold, but we have 11,000 people that are trying to get tickets right now. So it's... 11,000? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that inbox look like? It's insane. <laughs> so next year we're going to have to figure out... We didn't expect this kind of success. You know, we knew it would be successful, but we didn't think it would be that hot so next year we gotta like quadruple the size you gotta quadruple it yeah um so who's who are the vendors that are coming who who uh i bet there's a lot of people now who are kicking themselves (laughs) for not getting in and getting in early yeah i think i'm getting probably like 100 emails an hour people begging for tickets but i i can't do it um so real quick list we have um icdc spud nuts Randy's Donuts, Stan's Donuts, DK's, Kettle Glazed, Colorado Donuts, California Donuts, Churro Sticks, Dunkin' Donuts, Krispy Kreme, Cafe Dolce, um, Donut Prince, and Primo's. So we have 13. Yeah. So good. (laughs) Their whole slogan is, um, don't get a divorce, get a donut. Oh, yes. I saw that sign. And I, I always wondered. I was like, I wonder if that was ever a day where that really happened, whereas... I don't know, because their pictures covering all their walls in there are the couple that owns it, like, all over each other. And so, I, I don't know. Maybe you know, honey, I, I was driving down to the courthouse to get the papers, <laughs> but then know. I got to hang it for a donut. I know. Um, Changed their life. And so, all these are showing up, <laughs> yes. each of them bringing 700 donuts, so everyone mm-hmm. can get one donut? So, everyone's going to get probably seven to ten donuts. It's going to be more than they really can eat. That's like whole donuts? No, no, no. They're going to get like all together. They'll get okay. that many. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say that. Because there's only so much that people can eat, you know, before it's just wasting a ton of donuts. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's that's always the toughest thing with yes. these types of food festivals where yeah. you don't ever want to run out of food, but you don't want to be shoving yes. it all in the garbage. Yeah. And we have to be sensitive to that because um, this goes to our food pantry. So we really care. Yes. About that. Um, it's really awesome that you were tied mm-hmm. to the Salvation Army. Yes. Um, how did that come about? Well, so Salvation Army has a long history with donuts. They actually were the first, first like, I don't know, organization, company, whatever you want to say, that started promoting donuts. So during World War I, um, their donut lassies gave out donuts to the troops all over Europe. Like and donut dogs? No, they just gave out these like kind of weird, they're like, what would be the most traditional uh, cake donut? <laughs> I thought you said donut lassies. The lassies, yeah, donut lassies. That was their name. They oh, in my donut. mind it was like the, <laughs> you know, the dog in the field with donuts oh. on its back. Never mind, that's not, I just, I went somewhere much more, much more fantasy. No, it was just a like way to call a girl or whatever, you know, mm. so they called them donut lassies. And uh, and they were on the front lines giving out donuts, and that's really where Americans fell in love with donuts is because of the Salvation Army. So they have loved them for years. They are the number one promoter of National Donut Day, which is in June. And, uh, and so we started thinking about a more creative and trendier way to feature donuts than what mm. we have done in the past. And so that's why we came up with the Donut Festival and really a way to kind of get a new younger audience exposed to the Salvation Army and what we do. So, that's amazing. Yeah. So there's a rich history there with donuts. It's not just kind of arbitrary. There really is a reason 
behind it. And it goes to our food pantry here. So there's you get to eat for a good cause, which you can't lose. So when you yeah. say it goes to your food pantry, the yeah. tickets or the... Yeah, so we sold tickets. There's the general admission, which is getting glazed. And then the VIP is Sprinkle Me VIP. <laughs> Love it. And then the kids' tickets are sugar high. Love um, it. Yeah, so all the money from that goes 100% to the food pantry here. So. That's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a very creative way to get people... Because yeah. most of the times when you see these food events, it's usually to some sort of food charity. Yeah. Which, and it's not that it's not a yeah. food charity at the pantry, but it is yeah. a larger organization. Yeah. Yeah, we do a lot here. Um, so in addition to your standard donuts, mm-hmm. what other offerings are going to be there that might be a little bit more on the wild side? We have donut burgers that are going to be there. So what are those called? They're- There's a name. Someone actually said it today. Yeah. I don't... I. I couldn't quite make out what he was saying. It was a guy from Texas who owns a donut shop, and he was talking about how his shop sells them. But I had never heard it before. Was he willing to come to tech from he Texas? He is coming from Texas to the event. Yeah. Really? Yes. <laughs> he loved the event so much. That uh, the Luther Burger. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So basically, um, for us, it's going to be two Krispy Kreme donuts that replace the buns. Yes. And then all your traditional burger fixings in the middle. You know, it's weird. Like, I'm like... Okay, I understand the burger and the bun, but then once you start adding in like mustard, mayonnaise, Usually ketchup. Usually you don't. It's typically just a cheeseburger, and then some people add lettuce and tomato to For it. that healthy yeah. vegetable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Iceberg lettuce is so great for you. But. Um, and then uh, there's an insane raffle for donuts yes. for a year, right? Yeah, DoorDash came on board, and... Um, and they, they're a food delivery service that's blowing up here in Los Angeles. They're adding new restaurants like every day. Um, and so they partnered up with us, and they're going to deliver donuts to whoever wins that raffle um, once a month for a year. So they're going to get lots and lots of donuts. That's a lot of donuts. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I mean, they, it'll be whenever the person wants to order it, really. They're very flexible with it. Yeah, I would imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pace yourself. Yes. <laughs> Probably you're like like every day, and then yeah. it's like every other day, and then yeah. <laughs> you're like, I think the last one I got done was a month ago. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and now I know Yelp is involved as well, right? Yeah. You're doing. I mean, what's a twelve donut show up <laughs> without a showdown, right? Yeah. So Yelp, um, Yelp is obviously a big part of the success for all of these donut shops. Um, it help it has helped you know little family run places become huge powerhouses here in LA and because there's a voting component we thought it was just a natural tie-in and um, and so they loved the concept and so we're going to do all the voting through their app and my husband used to work for Yelp so he I'm a big Yelp fan myself got an insider yeah <laughs> um, and what are the and how's it going to work with prizes and things like that or is it just bragging rights it's a giant trophy with a um, giant ceramic donut on the top that I actually made myself beautiful <laughs> and because uh, oddly enough the, the trophy shop did not have a donut to put on top, so I had you would to think it. that they would be able to make that by now. Yeah, but they can't. So I was like, "Fine, I'll make it." So anyway, <laughs> it's a big trophy, bragging rights, and um, yeah, we're not doing money this year. We might do it next year just to sweeten the prize, you know, a bit. But all the shops were very happy to do it just because all the proceeds go to a nonprofit. God, I love so it. So they, you know, they were happy with that and the exposure they're getting. So yeah, 
Um, so I know it's sold out, mm-hmm. but if people want to find out about it, stay tuned for next year. Yes. Where can they go? So just go to LADonutFestival.com, and we're going to hopefully choose a date here pretty soon and hopefully announce it at the event itself so people can buy tickets for next year pretty soon here. And when is it? Is, if people want to follow online in real time, when's it happening and where? Um, so it's going to be, well, we have our Twitter feed going on. It's just hashtag LADonutFestival, and then Instagram is at LADonutFest. Awesome. So, October, easy to find October 3rd. Oh, yes. Yeah, Saturday, October 3rd. It's in Koreatown in Mad Ave Street Art Gallery, which is a really cool venue. Awesome. Well, Rachel, congratulations. Thank you. This is so awesome. I'm going to try to not eat another donut because I, <laughs> you can try. I started with saying I was only eating half and now it's gone during you the interview. Um, but this is fantastic. Uh, can't wait to go to the festival. Can't wait yeah. to see how it grows and grows. Um, any advice for uh, people who are out there starting to make their own donuts or if they have a... Uh, Visions of their own donut business or Ooh. festival in different cities? Yeah, you know, um, actually the guy from Texas, he's coming out to see the event to see if he can start one in, in Houston where his shop is from. But if your area has, you know, enough of a donut scene, not all cities do, some do, um, you really could do it yourself. It's just a matter of gathering all the shops together and renting a venue and getting it done. But um, for homemade donut people, um, I don't know, I think that. Nowadays, you could you can buy just the best donuts. I wouldn't I wouldn't make them at home. I just buy them. Rachel, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. We got another tune coming up. Uh, this is Darren here on Snacky Tunes. All right, thanks. For real, what? I feel so damn gangster. Hmm? I'm a gangster for real. What are you talking about? I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. It's just one of those days I feel the sunrise around me All the clouds right away Something funny's going on Okay, now where's all the traffic? Is someone trying to clown me? Why do I feel fantastic? I'm used to things always going wrong But now I'm a gangster for real I feel so damn gangster I'm a gangster for real I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. Oh shoot. Mm. Sitting in my backyard, looking at a little swirl. I'm drinking some coffee. I feel like a whole different world. Plus, I got the bomb rhyme skills. I got hot going backing me up. Huh. Plus, my wife looks good. I got butter soft seats all up in my trunk. Yep, yep, I'm banging some Depeche mode. Windows down so you can see the fresh mode. Yeah, my 6 foe is only a Nintendo. But I'm smashing fools on some Super Mario. Never picture myself sitting on some big dough. Used to being broken six in Alvarado. I'm chilling at the back of the boat chewing tacos. I feel like young Sean Connery in Cabo. And now, I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. Show me how you feel. Come on, I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. Oh shoot, let's go. Okay, act like you in Cabo. Let me take you out. We'll go to Denny's on Vermont and we'll get waffles on the house. Yeah, act like you in Cabo. Let me. 
we take you out We'll go to Denny's on Vermont And we'll get waffles on the house Watch the young Duke Ellington make the place gelatin Shake the fake elegant, I have the black gilligan I keep seeking, keep preaching the seeds peaking Keep breathing, keep breathing the same reason I leak venom Every time I choose to spit them in a line Hit them with an unusual rhythm That you never heard the similar words ever spoken Forever heard from those who oppose I'm not joking cause now I'm a gangster for real I feel so damn gangster I'm a gangster for real All right. Welcome back, Snacky Tunes. I was just Pigeon John earlier in the show was Avoir Simone, both live from Snacky Tunes. Uh, we have Belmar live in studio. Welcome. Hi. Hey. Um, Shout out to Rami from Popgun who said to reach out to you guys. Hey, Rami. He's a good dude. <laughs> He's great. One one day they'll open up that new venue. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I know. Um, do you want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm Amelia. Uh, I sing in the band and I play a few chords on guitar from time like just, to time. Just a handful. Just a handful. Just a handful. Is that in the contract? Um, yes. <laughs> I actually heard about um, one band described another band member as like uh, playing the least amount of notes possible that's uh, pretty much me okay sometimes i actually pretend to play no i'm just kidding well, okay. like sometimes it does happen <laughs> it all comes out <laughs> i'm tara i play keyboards okay uh, my name's tom i play guitar so um how did you three come together well one day <laughs> um <laughs> i i had so i just moved to new york and um was kind of looking for people to play with on craigslist um, and I met this one girl called Karina. What, um, what we, year is that, by the way? This was in 2011. Do you think people still look for band members on Craigslist? Yes. I actually do, really? yeah. You I do? definitely think they do. Okay. Yeah. Um, nothing but success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I, I take the question back. We found our basis <laughs> that way, too. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I met this girl called Karina, and we uh, decided one night to go to an open mic. It was a really freezing winter night, and we almost didn't go, but I'm really glad we did go because um, we played a little set, and then Tom came up to us after and was like, do you guys have any demos? And we were like, no. And... Um, and uh, then uh, he was like, oh, I'd love to record some demos for you. And this woman in the bar was like, hey, guys, you better be careful. Like, you don't know who this guy is. Like, make sure you know, you know, you bring someone. So he brought with us a bodyguard to Tom's house. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, uh, Amelia was 19 at the time. <laughs> yeah. I think I went up to her and offered her, asked her if I could buy her a beer first oh. at the bar. So yeah. <laughs> and, I didn't uh, know, but... <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, um, Karina went off on a trip to India and I came back from holidays and hit up Tom and we sort of just ended up working together after that. Oh, amazing. Worked out really well. Um, What was the name of the place for the open mic? Uh, It was called Bar 4. It actually closed now. Oh, R.P. And how has the songwriting process been 
between all of you. Um, uh, it's twofold. Good. I mean, it's like sort of goes in phases, really. I mean, um, everything just starts as like you know, just sort of a bedroom recording, and then um, you know, I'll do something. Amelia will come over. She'll do vocals, um, and then you know, we send that out to the rest of the members in the band. Um, how has it evolved over the years of working together, like the newer material versus some of the older material? Um, I think the I think the songwriting process has kind of changed because I used to write a lot more alone when we first started out and then come to Tom with something that I wanted to kind of develop. But now it's Tom is mainly the one to sort of come up with um, an instrumental part and then I'll come over and come up with a melody and lyrics. Um, so you can play less notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically why. <laughs> um, well, why don't we hear a song? Sure. sure. What are you going to play first? We're going to play a new one called The Dark of My Evening. It's not on the EP. It's going to be on the new album that comes out hopefully soon. Okay. Live on Snacky Tunes. Yeah.
So I know that you've recently been recording and you ended up in uh, Electric Lady's studio. How did that come about? Uh, well, uh, so we were, doing a, um, we were doing a video session for the Wild Honey Pie. Um, and it was recorded at Electric Lady's studio. And we recorded it in um, Tom Elmhurst's studio. It was Studio C. And after the session, um, pretty much they reached out to us and and so that they wanted to, um, you know, start, you know, pretty much just record an EP for us and start an imprint. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of how it happened. And then, um, you know, slowly it materialized. And then actually just about, just about two years ago, this month is when we first started. And uh, the song that uh, you guys heard at the beginning of the show, Cicada, was actually the first one that we recorded. And that was recorded just about this time two years ago. What's the negotiation with that? If they, like, reach out to you, do you just say, like, yes, or do you have to play it cool? Or, like, are you like, mm, I don't know, maybe we have time, maybe we don't? <laughs> we were just like, hell yeah. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> <laughs> get us in there. Was it, like, yes, like, immediately, like, immediately oh, yeah. came in? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't even yeah. think we asked any questions. Yeah. Just, like, you want to record You're us? Like, okay. Do we have to pay? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and what is it to, to record in a place so legendary? Like, do you feel it in the place? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, can totally. you try to describe it? The walls are vibrating. It's really, yeah, it's like you enter a completely different world when you're in there and you lose all track of time. Um, and also, apparently, it's haunted. So, um, I don't know. While I was in there, I definitely thought that I felt. I don't know. Who haunts it? Um I don't know, Jimmy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Legendary I, yeah. musicians. Yeah. And how do you think, like, being in that place you, uh, affects you? Does it, like, push you, do you think, just given the history of the place or change the songwriting process? Or I think it, like, <laughs> I, I don't want to say it's a added level of pressure or something, but sure. you definitely, when you're in there, you really want to step up to the plate. And, um, I, I mean, th- they would definitely make it easy on you. I mean, it's... Uh, the, just from the talent that you're working with to the equipment there, the studio itself is just beautiful. And, you know, we just went in there and, you know, had a good time. We got, like, you know, wine, beer, snacks, and just, you know, just had a really great time. And did the producers maybe pull some things out of you that you probably might not have otherwise had? Definitely, but in a very subtle way. There was, like Tom said, there was absolutely no pressure. And it was a really relaxed environment. And I think that's really what made it, um, what made the best of it come out while we're in there yeah totally i mean we worked with um ben bapti and he's mm. just he's just he, he's very subtle very intuitive and um just not very over the top he's never like well you guys need to do this or that and he just kind of lets uh, i think he sort of guides us to do what he wants us to do but mm-hmm. without actually 
What was like one piece of advice? What was one piece of advice where he like Jedi'd you into doing something different? I feel like he. We were playing. Well, most of our songs are pretty sad, but there was one (laughs) song in particular he was like, You guys need to all feel this song. Mm. And I think it took us like three hours to record it over and over again to get a take. Feel it in what way? Or how did you take it? Just to be that sadness. Which is something that. When you play a song over and over again, it's hard to manifest right. over and over again. I just went and, to a sad place. And then after he said that, I think we got it in like one take. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it was really amazing. Was only one of you feeling the sadness, and then it took the rest of you to, to <laughs> no, feel no, the sadness? A lot of sadness uh, okay. all around. Oh, yeah. um, why don't we hear another song? Yeah. All right, just give me one second. Okay, um, we're going to play one off of our first EP. Actually, the title track called The Boat with a Fragile Mind. But this is one we don't we don't normally play this live just because um, we never really worked it out with the full band. Um, but I think it's sort of meant to be played in this way that's kind of acoustic and low-key. I dream about you All the time You might be all my mind When time was turning being tucked by the boat of fragile mind We hoped we might make it out alive Too late to tell the tale of Our hands were washed and day for you. Are you who still gave for
Sad. Bit sad. Bit sad. Fitting for the beginning of fall. I feel like today was the first real kind of oh, proper fall day. I know. Day. I just yeah, oh, I said that earlier. I really yeah. felt it today. I love so it. So great. I got my here. first uh, hot coffee. I'm. Of- I never do hot. I never not have hot coffee. Really? Are you serious? Yeah. I, there's something about the dilution from the water. Right? Uh, <laughs> it's more, I get it. But That's um, awesome. I know that you guys also love food and, and wine. Um, do you cook for each other? Or is it? Yes. Yeah, we oh, do really? actually. Yeah. What is like? Uh, <laughs> what do you guys cook for each other? Well, I'm always making pasta. Yeah. Okay, I'm, like from I'm Italian no. from scratch. <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Um, That's a lie. <laughs> Just what do you mean? What's a lie? You don't need the dough. Oh no, no not, yeah. not the actual. Okay. Not the actual noodle. But Proper. Yeah, the sauce. I I make it from you know fresh tomatoes. Okay. It's so my, um, good, and he simmers it for hours. Like, what, uh, that's what, thing about my cooking. Your, what's you your have to have a lot of patience. Um, that's. I mean, well, so my nonna, <laughs> my nonna is uh, she's like the best cook in my family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so when I was growing up, I'd always just you know sit with her and watch her cook, and she's she's the type of chef that can't tell you. Well, you have to put this amount of salt in this no, amount. Of, they never can. You know, yeah, it's she's, like this. She says that, it in Italian. Yeah. She just looks at me. Yeah, sort of. You know, whatever. So, um, it, you just kind of have to feel it out. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just like I take a long time to cook because I really like the process. It's nice yeah. to have people over, drink wine, and you know, by the time the food is ready, everybody has like a purple mouth, and yeah, you know, we're all ready to go. I feel like uh, I also make tomato sauce from scratch, and I, th- I feel it takes like what? four hours. Yeah, it's the best. But part. It, but I think it's like the that's. It, the sauce becomes irrelevant after a while. It <laughs> yeah. It's more Amazing, just, yeah. yeah. It's about that time, too, I guess. It's uh, it's winter. It's fall. Well, that's the thing is I I haven't really cooked over the summer, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm already getting, I made um, I made some chicken noodle soup okay. um, yesterday out of a, you know, fresh chicken carcass. Amazing. Which is, which yeah, is also the best part of the chicken. Exactly. Yeah. So. And do you all get to, you both get to benefit? Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you well, cook, do you cook too or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What are your I, specialties? I made them rice and bean burgers. Oh, yeah. that's oh, great. They are amazing. Yeah. We are, we always still crave them. This was probably like three years ago, too. I think it was the first meal she ever made for us. And we're always like, Tara, when are you going to make us you know, your veggie burgers? Wait, have you only made it once? Um, I think so. No, you made them oh, electric lady that night. Oh, I brought them to the studio yeah. to oh, put okay. on the grill, and we made kebabs. And mm. I like found all these sauces in the studio. I don't know how old they were, but... <laughs> I better not to ask. Sauce, <laughs> condiments don't really go... I mean, they go bad, but it's much... They were in a fridge. Yeah, it's I fine. Think. I think that technically that's fine, and you're still here. And yeah. do you cook I'm as kind well? of a breakfast chief when it comes to cooking. I'm, I love making like chia pudding and this granola... Tara's had my oh, granola. It is so freaking good. It's like paleo no granola, so there's no oats. And it's like all nuts, chia, like mm. raw honey, coconut oil. I think we ate like half the oh. container. So, I mean, so you yeah. three kind of have all the meals covered. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, does the bass player like throw it in or just, <laughs> just eats? He just eats it. Yeah, oh. just yeah. Out there. <laughs> It's a good roll. Um, so I know you have CMJ coming up right around the corner. Um, are yeah. you playing at all? Yeah. What shows are. Are, you, are you guys playing? Um, we're playing at... Um, where are we? The Pine Box Rock Shop. The Pine Box Rock Shop, that's right. Just down the road. On, um, oh, perfect. On October 16th. And we're playing with, um, actually, our friends, um, Workman Song. 
um, is actually playing with us. He plays in uh, the band Streets of Laredo oh, as great. well. And, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, you know, really excited to be sharing the bill with him. Uh, is it any particular showcase, or is it uh, just something you guys have put together? I, You know what? It was... It's nothing that we, you know, put together at yeah. all. Somebody just reached out and, Perfect. and wanted to, you know, have us. And you had mentioned that a new record is imminent <laughs> or coming or uh, distant well, future. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's 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 almost there um so we're, we're really just waiting to uh get our final mixes back but um all the tracking is done and and we can't wait for <laughs> there's a big grin to, in here that no one can see except for us yeah, yeah. so uh, well we've been you know we're, we're going on um it's going to be just about three years since we released our ep so we are itching to get something out there totally understandable so. Um, well, I want to make sure we have time for one more song. Um, where can people find you, follow you, get updates? Um, definitely, uh, you, you can check out our, our website. It's www.bellamiremusic.com. Um, check us out on Facebook. Um, we'd love it if you gave us some more likes. And um, in Twitter as well. And Instagram. And Spotify. Uh, and and Spotify. Camp. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere modern bands are. Exactly. Uh, well, big shout out to LA Donut Festival. Thanks for being on the show. Um, hello to Darren, Anna, Joe. Manella, mom, dad, all of our friends. We'll be back next week with another episode of Snacky Tunes. Thanks for listening.
listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.